ravaged by a killer virus, the Earth plunges into anarchy. Once common resources such as fuel become as blood, and the lust for power never dies. In this world of chaos, creating out of control, down the off-ramp, toward Detonation Boulevard. Series written by Dan Mac McCloskey, Danny Atwell, and Miguel Pedroza. Episode 2, Blood and Fire. Another dream. They seem to come every time I fail at something. And I hate failure. I hate dreams. I hate pistachios. That's neither here nor there. My muscles hurt. Everything hurts. My fucking hair hurts. Orange light from candles adorns the area I now felt myself chained to. Those are definitely chains. Broken furniture. Broken fixtures littered the dusty den. Oh, good. Another fucking basement prison. Three corners of the room more. What could be considered one were all but bare. One, however, was more gruesome than the others. Entrails, discarded bloody skin, heads, and chewed on appendages were all visible in the low light of this new hovel. I stared for a long time. I wanted to vomit, but I couldn't vomit. I looked down and realized the necklace that Hack had given me was still around my neck. Well, thank fuck for that. My chains, definitely steel, definitely not rusted, hung from the ceiling above me. Other chains of the room, each with body parts that were easily identifiable as human. Well, they were everywhere. That smell... I know that smell. It's death. In case you missed it, the world is now cruel and harsh. People survived however they could. After the crimson fever, people gravitated towards cities, and when that didn't work, they gravitated towards any place that could house them. New towns sprung up, new governments formed, new PTAs, new situations. What was once the beautiful United States became little more than a bunch of principalities. Maybe fiefdoms, you could call them. Mad dictators ran things. There was no government to fight them. There was no righteousness. 
there was no voting systems. Democracy, still around in a couple of areas like Avalon, wasn't really prevalent or common. Whoever had power was the law. At Christ's cross, we were under the benevolent jurisdiction of the Baroness Nightingale. That's what she calls herself anyways. I'd never met her before, but Ziggy and all his little minions, they pledged allegiance to her. Can't imagine why. I heard the movement coming into the cell before I felt the impact of something extremely hard slam into me. <coughs> a piece of wood struck me and splintered into a thousand pieces. I could feel blood trickling down my cheek. My arm, dislocated, hurts like a bitch. There had to be some tendon damage now. But, uh, what's happening at the current moment was a new priority. A large man, maybe 300 pounds... Don't know how we got that fat in this economy. Stood in front of me and shouted in my face. You killed my kin, you bastard! I squinted all the time because I could smell the faint scent of fish on his breath. Reminded me of a kitten breath. You know, the kind you have when you're a kid. It was horrible. I hated it then, I hate it now. He was well over a foot taller than me, twice as wide. Warts speckled throughout patches of gray and filthy auburn hair. One of his eyes looked like it had fallen from place too many times and just stopped caring. His lips were cracked with thirst and twisted, exposing yellow rotted teeth. I'm the last of my clan now. Who are you? You owe me that much. I stared up at the mutant thing that was once a man. Thought for a moment. Then spoke. <sniffs> Jethawk. Displeasure to meet you. I didn't see any problem telling him, as it was going to be public knowledge anyways. And who might you be? Fest is- what? wait, did, did you say Jet Hulk? <laughs> ah! Listen, you heard of me. The entire basement echoed with a scream as the thing brought down another strike, but missed. Sadly, I couldn't evade his attacks for too long as he pounced on me. A giant fist landed on my shoulder. It was meant for my face. Luckily, I moved. With roar of frustration, Festus wrapped his disgusting hands around my throat and started to squeeze. Festus, get the fuck off of him! My eyes opened to see Ziggy's hand landed on a bowie knife on his belt. This sent Festus several feet away from me in utter terror. I'm sorry, Zig. He just you know, killed my cousin is all. I wanted revenge. That's not your call, shithead. You know to deal with the Baroness. She makes these decisions. But in this case... I can make a decision on you. Come here. No, please don't. Get over here. Ziggy raised his hand and swapped Festus with the handle of his knife, splitting his ear on impact. <laughs> Ziggy then grabbed Festus by the back of the neck, pulled him towards one of the candles nearby. He put Festus's head onto the blade and burned the mess of his hair and his ear, cauterizing the massive wound. It really stunk. He pulled up as flames were flickering onto the hair and Ziggy smacked him several times to put him out. Now go and wash up. <laughs> yes, sir. Ziggy wiped the blood off his knife and holstered it. Now his attention turned to me. Fucking great. I would have killed him, but I need him to do things like shoveling out the septic system when that goes haywire. 
I wouldn't be caught dead down there. Well, that's wonderful to know the economy is booming. I had to mock him. The Baroness wanted you to be more presentable before you grovel for your life. That fucking asshole, however, made things a little more difficult. I didn't want you too fucked up, or I would've let Panzer do more. Hell, I would've paid to see more. Do you know he used to be a prize fighter? Champion and all that. Makes sense. So I'm your little tribute to that bitch then, huh? Trying to buy some favors? Little, uh, slip and slide on the side? I wouldn't have pegged you for being so lowly. But then again, uh, I think you're into pegging. Ziggy shook his head. Oh, I see what you're trying to do, Jet. It's not gonna work. You're not goading me into a fight, especially considering that arm of yours is still out of whack. You walked back to the entrance of my prison. I'm sending some girls down here to clean you up. Please make sure not to kill them, okay? Hey, Ziggy. I shouted after him. Yes? Sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, get absolutely fucked. <laughs> I struggled with the chains, but it didn't look like I had a way out this time. The door opened once more as two women, or who the help pass women around here they entered with large pails of water and rags ziggy watched wow you look like shit Aw, thank you that's the nicest thing i've heard all day shut up asshole we can do this the easy way or the hard way i'll take the easy way please i've had enough of the latter aside from all the dirt and grime he is uh, kind of cute all the better to get him clean so for what seemed like an eternity, but in reality couldn't have been more than about 20 minutes. Those wretches cut off the remainder of my clothing, which sucks because I like that shirt, lathered me up and washed my haggard body. I'll admit, even though these women weren't particularly my taste, their attentions got me uh, stiffer than a board. Well now, hello there beautiful. I've seen bigger. Hey, me too. What would you expect? The last time I had a girl touch me down there was about three years ago. I don't like to talk about it. Anyway, they finished rinsing me off by throwing water all over me, draining down the grate below me. It was pretty dark. I was filthy. They took ragged towels and dried me off, but made sure to delicately avoid hard contact with my wounds. I was grateful for that. It all mattered for not though, as I heard Ziggy walk back. Hey Jet, one more thing. I strained my back to look up at him, my shoulder aching. Yeah, what's that? The punch he landed knocked me completely out. Once I flexed my fingers after belting that piece of shit, I closed the door and left him to the machinations of those ladies behind. I knew they were going to have their fun with him, but I had bigger fish to fry. I walked back down the long hallway heading to the Baroness's suite. My legs hurt with every step I take, thanks to that fucking bomb that exploded near the schools we attempted to do when I was younger. They made for easy targets in the end. My hip was shattered as a kid, never healed properly, and now I'll get excruciating pain if I walk for too long. I self-medicate, but sometimes it's no damn use. The Baroness calls it my first war wound. She said it reminded her of a guy named John Wayne. No fucking idea who that is, but she likes it. So I like it. Leave it to her to make one of the worst things about me sound pretty. 
or knocked softly on her chamber door. I'd heard no answer, and she didn't mention that she was gone somewhere, so I just walked in slowly. I got about ten feet into the chamber when I saw that the Baroness was indeed there. She was bathing, as her bronzed hue reflected back to me with no blemish. She was definitely a sight to behold, I can tell you that. Her breasts perky and full, her legs like golden marble, and that ass, well, I laid awake at night thinking about her way more than she thought about me. And with good reason. I don't deserve her attention. I'm not a nice guy. But we had an understanding. I would serve her as her man-at-arms, and she would lead our little... community. Before Nightingale came to town, Christ's Cross was an abysmally wretched town, and the people weren't much better. Murder, prostitution, extortion, rape, child trafficking. It happened more often than not, and no one could stop it before she came along. We were in constant fear of the Snakers coming out of the border and taking away people for their blood sacrifices. In line with their neo-religion, as they called it, they still practiced that shit. I was there for one of those rituals, a captive of their sick and twisted practice of pillaging, surrounding areas for whatever resources they needed, and sacrificing those who didn't fit into their plans to the god Quetzalcoatl. And it was there that the Baroness rescued me. She turned day into night, rain into blood, and prayer into screams. Everyone feared her, few loved her, but all respected her. She carved out a little bit of territory for herself one body at a time, and now sits on the throne as an all-powerful ruler. How'd she do it? She wears the night, and it listens to her. Siggy. While you are there ogling me, you can be useful and hand me my robe. She found me out. Hell, she might have known that I was there the entire time for all I know. Uh, yes, your grace, I said swiftly as I walked over to the marble bench nearby and grabbed her silky white robe as she rinsed herself off. She installed a water fountain in her quarters for the express purpose of having her own water supply. To bathe, to drink, to basically do whatever she wished. Above the fountain was something she called a skylight, which allowed the light of the day to come into the chamber room, but none of the wind and sand. I handed her the robe as she placed it around her body and stepped out of the fountain. Ziggy, I doubt it, but do you know what a shopping mall is? I was clueless. Uh, like, like a bazaar something, your grace. The Baroness is old. She doesn't look like it, but she's very old. I don't know how, but she was alive before the before times. Sometimes, she forgot we hadn't been. In the most basic sense. However, that was before your time, wasn't it? Uh, I guess so, Baroness. How is our prisoner? Uh, I'm surprised he's still here. The rumors over the years of just how good a fighter he is... I thought Panzer would be more of a challenge, but I guess that wasn't the case. Maybe he isn't as good as he seems to be after all. She looked off into the distance, like she was reading something. He's a gunfighter, smuggler, tactician, driver, mechanic, and most importantly, a contractor. I have no plans on underestimating him. Especially if he works for Hack Blakesley. Hack. She had to mention him. 
In an imperfect world, he was my business partner a very long time ago, but he went one way after the Snakers incident, and I went another. I followed the Baroness, and he followed the cash. At least that's what he told me he was following. The sound of a muffled explosion came from some place close by, as the Baroness's attention diverted from me to a rack nearby. She walked swiftly to a wooden chest and once more revealed her naked body. She opened the chest to reveal a large black cape within. From the distance I was, I couldn't see what the material was made of, but it was dark, real dark. I could have sworn that I saw the stars in the night sky upon this cape. Go and find out what's going on. I'll meet you in the war room. I ran to the best of my ability down the hall. Whoever did this had not only put me in excruciating pain, but in an extremely pissed off mood. This only makes it worse. I finally got to the watchtower to find out what happened, or what was left of it, as I saw the strewn bodies and parts of my men all over the rubble within. I could smell that a bomb went off. Blood was heavy in the air, matched only by the screaming of the injured, and the mortar turned to dust. In the faint distance, I heard the sounds of gunfire. The Snakers may have returned to their old ways, but modern weaponry isn't below their radar. I barked orders to those who remained to get themselves together and fight back. I was met with groans and weak confirmations. This raid was for a purpose, and collecting sacrifices wasn't it. I was finally able to get to the compound alarm and throw the trigger. My men were able to attack back almost immediately. Trained them all myself, well, by way of some hand-to-hand -hand stuff from Panzer. Bless the boy. I needed to get to the war room, but I gotta hand it to the Baroness. She knows when to get shit done. Before I could get there, the sun decided to go bye-bye as a blanket of darkness came over the compound. Silence started to fall over the whole place. The gunfire ceased. Any snakers who weren't killed by Panzer and my men were immediately captured by tendrils of darkness. If she wasn't on our side, it would be terrifying. When I finally arrived at the war room, our majestic baroness had several Aztec soldiers on their knees. Tendrils of literal darkness held them. The baroness was surrounded in all black. Blacker than the darkest night I'd ever witnessed out in the sands. It was the same fury that I witnessed from her in Teotihuacan when we were rescued. I thought I told your masters that if they ever came into Christ's cross again that anyone they set would be dead. Did they think I was joking? I watched as our baroness interrogated them. Even though these assholes had killed several of our citizens, I still wanted to poke fun at them. You know, baroness, maybe you need to speak Spanish. They might not understand you. Several of my men thought this was hilarious and started laughing. Even a smile came over the Baroness's face. They don't understand me? Really? Well then they're of no use to me. Some of the men she had in captivity who were being held felt their tendrils get even tighter. Eventually their eyes popped out of their sockets and their heads were cleaved straight from their necks as blood spewed from the tops. They rolled out into the concrete floor with the lifeless eyes dangling. A devilish smirk came over her. They'll understand now. Zig, would you please be so kind as to bag up those fucking heads for me and give them to these survivors? Because that's exactly what I've deemed them to be and I want their masters to truly get it into their fucking skulls to leave me the hell alone. You got it, Baroness. I grabbed a bag from nearby and started walking when I heard her voice with a bit more joy in it. 
Hold on. Never mind. I have a better idea. Let's call it a test of character. Warm blood splattered my face as I wondered what the hell she was talking about. Baroness, is that... Bring that trash and the bag to the throne room. It's time to put our new contractor to work. I hated having that prick jet involved with all this, but apparently the leader of Christ's Cross had other ideas. I walked slowly this time. No need to rush as she had all the time in the world, and that prick was probably still unconscious. When I reached the cell, I hesitated and gripped my blade, considering doing something to rid the world of another glorified contractor and stick it to hack at the same time. That thought lingered a little while. With a heavy sigh, I grabbed the handle and opened the cell. I wasn't sure how long I'd been out, but the sound of a door opening knocked me out of my proverbial nap. I was starting to enjoy it too. I could tell by the determined limp it was Ziggy. Uh, it's okay. I don't need to turn down service. Thanks. I'll just take the mint. Even in my current state, it was just too easy to mess with him. I got your mint right here. My eyes were wrestling open, but I braced for a kick to the face that never came. Instead, the deformed man knelt next to me. You're lucky the Baroness wants you in decent shape, otherwise I'll be picking your teeth out of my boot leather. Decent? My shoulder's still fucked. I guess that's a demerit on your part, delivering, uh, damaged goods. <laughs> I had to chuckle at my own joke, no one else was gonna. Guess she'll be, uh, shorting you. At least one chocolate milk. I screamed as my captor stomped my shoulder back into place. With my hands shackled behind my back, all I could do for now was groan and writhe in the dirt. And I had just taken a bath. There. No more. And your tip fucking top. Girls, get him up. A different set of girls came in with a new set of clothes for me. And most importantly, my necklace. They were much more rough with me than the last crew. They dressed me. I didn't like it. My jaw was flexed shut with pain though, not like I could complain. Huh. Who would have guessed that actually fixing you would be the best way to shut you the fuck up? Alright girls, bring him to the throne room when he's decent. Don't be gentle. I breathed deeply, trying to keep myself awake through the pain. Thanks for the hand. I feel much better. I exhaled hard and slumped forward. Again, darkness taking me. This shit's getting old. Detonation Boulevard, Episode 2, Blood and Fire. In the chaos you heard, Miguel Pedroza as Jet Hawk, Stacey Atwell as Bernie Hawk, Christopher Vangel as Festus, Dan McMcCloskey as Jack Knight Ziggy, Rachel Crosby as Darius Nightingale, and Ferd Burfel as The Attendants. Sound effects courtesy of Zapsplat.com. Rise by The Cult. Propaganda by Clay Dead. Welcome Home by Cody and Cambria. Detonation Boulevard is a production of Dark Charm Media 2022. All rights reserved.